Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Thursday, March 5th edition of the MD OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'll be taking you guys through the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. Uh, not a ton of news today. A couple of fight announcements to get to and a few pieces of news coming out of that Dana White scrum. But uh, nothing crazy. But let's get right into it. Oh, I should plug the podcast today with Cole, breaking down UFC 248, which obviously takes place Saturday, two days from now. Only two more sleeps, guys, until UFC 248. So go back and listen to that podcast on Tuesday if you haven't already. And if you have, really appreciate the uh, just all the questions we got during the show itself. Um, we, me and Cole love the uh, back and forth with the audience, so it's great. And just really appreciate you guys tuning into the podcast and supporting it. All right, let's get into today's show. So I'm going to start with a big fight announcement here. Dustin Poirier versus Dan Hooker. It's official, guys. It'll be headlining UFC San Diego in May. And I've been talking about this fight in the last few days. I said it made a lot of sense for this card, and it's now official. So great fight. Two of the best guys in the world at 155. Poirier is highly ranked in the division. He is coming off a loss to Habib, but still one of the best in the world. So right now he is ranked number two in the world behind the champ Habib and number one, Tony Ferguson. And Dan Hooker is ranked number five behind, obviously, Habib. Ferguson, Poirier, and then Connor and Gaethje are ahead of him as well. But still, uh, number five versus number two. What a great fight this is. Two guys who generally prefer to stand and strike. I mean, they both can go to the ground and finish guys on the ground. But generally, they like to stand and bang on the feet. Uh, two very talented strikers. Dustin Poirier, he, before the Habib fight, had a really nice run going on. Uh, he had a six-fight unbeaten streak with wins over Max Holloway, Eddie Alvarez, Justin Gaethje, Anthony Pettis, Jim Miller, and no contest with Eddie Alvarez. So that was just an amazing run by him. Since moving up to lightweight back in 2015, it's been five years now, he's just been a beast. At lightweight, he is 9-2 and one no contest. I mean, that is a great record at 155. He's an impressive fighter for sure. Uh, I think the win over Holloway, Last year was extremely impressive, and, uh, you know, Max never hasn't been the same, quite frankly, since that fight. I think that Dustin did a lot of damage to him in that fight. He's just a very good fighter. He obviously wanted to fight Nate Diaz. He wanted to fight Conor McGregor. He didn't get those fights, but he's still getting a big fighter against Dan Hooker, who's very popular at the moment. Obviously, he's not as highly ranked, but still number five in the world. So, you got two top five guys going at it. I mean, that's a great fight anytime that happens. And Dan Hooker, another guy, moved up to lightweight back in 2017, so it's been three years for him. And at lightweight, he's 7-1. That is impressive as hell. The guy's really good, too. Uh, the fight with Paul Feller, sure. It was a close fight. Could have went either way. He got the nod in it. And it's a win that moved up a little bit in the ladder. So he's just impressive, man. Like I said, he's got good striking. knocks a lot of guys out. But he can submit them, too. He's very dangerous on the ground. This is an extremely well-rounded fight. I'm very looking forward to it a lot. And the fact it's five rounds makes a lot of sense, too. Perfect fight of the night, main event, really is. So, amazing fight. You know, I know Hooker's coming off the three straight wins, and I got a comment here from Terry Crow. He likes Dan Hooker in this fight. Dan's definitely got a chance. I mean, this is a close fight. I have a feeling Pori probably will be favored, though. Sportsbook's not saying that's going to dictate who wins the fight, but I do think he'll probably be a little bit favored, just based on the body work. And I think he does have better wins. But there's no doubt in my mind that Dan Hooker is extremely dangerous right now and could definitely be just Dustin Poirier. I mean, if this is a five-round stand-and-bank fight, Dan Hooker's going to do a lot of damage. He's going to take a lot, but he can also dish it out. So very good fight. Perfect main event for that card, UFC San Diego. That's in May. And uh, I'm just seeing that card right now. UFC Fight Night 175. So that's the main event. And then also you have... A couple of fights I've talked about the last few days. Courtney Casey's on that card. Puna Heli Soriano and Arian Lipsky. So shaping up to be a nice card. 
May 16th in San Diego. So I'm sure a lot of fans are going to love to go to that one because I'm pretty sure San Diego is going to be really nice at that time of the year. All right, a couple other pieces of news here. Paulo Costa, according to Dana White, was going to use like a fake doctor who was his friend to get him cleared to fight against Adesanya. He really wanted that fight. He obviously had that biceps injury, had surgery on it. He badly wants the title shot, but uh, Dana White was like, just relax, you know, take care of yourself. You're not ready to fight yet. And he, he, he didn't even say he was angry at the guy for using like a fake doctor. Doctor, He just said basically, I respect the guy for wanting to fight. So that's kind of cool of him. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't have been upset either. You know, it's one of those things where the guy just wants to get in the cage and scrap. And how can you not respect that? You know, even though he's hurt, he still wanted to fight. So got to respect that from Paulo Costa. Uh, speaking of guys getting hurt, AJ McKee and Bellator tours LCL in his last fight against Derek Campos. And right now, he's questionable for the tournament to continue on, which is terrible news because I think a lot of us were really looking forward, first off, to the fight with Darian Caldwell. That was going to be the next fight in the semifinals. That was going to be a great fight. I mean, AJ McKee right now, for my money, is the best prospect in MMA. And to be quite frank, I don't even know if he's a prospect anymore. I think he's a legitimate contender with a 16-0 record in MMA. All of his wins in Bellator, all of his fights in Bellator. Last three wins, Derek Campos, Georgie Karakanya, and Pat Curran. So I'd, th I'd say at this point he's a contender. He's not even just a prospect. And the fight with Darian Caldwell is going to be a grudge match. They don't like each other, but it would have been a really good fight. Caldwell coming off a nice win over Adam Boric in his last fight. And McKee, arguably, if he had won that fight, would have been possibly favored to win the other, whoever was uh, emerges from the other side of the bracket, including Pitbull. Even though Pitbull's a double champ and he's a great fighter, I think a lot of people would have picked AJ McKee to beat him had they both advanced, and we don't know what's going to go on yet. But, uh, yeah, really disappointing news. It's still possible he could still fight in the tournament. But generally, LCL tears are pretty serious, and they keep guys out for a while. If he doesn't stay in, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, I'm sure, sure they have other featherweights in the roster or replace him, but it would be a bad omen for the tournament. You know, this is what happens with tournaments, though. Guys get hurt, and the bracket's never the same as you want it to be. But uh, perhaps someone else can emerge if McKee does have to pull out. But right now, that's not 100%. He can still fight. We'll uh, we'll see what happens there. Got a couple comments here. Consider Rodoju. Believing Dan Hooker lost his fight to Felder, I think Dustin would smoke Hooker. I mean, like, let's not play on any math, though. <clears throat> you know yourself, Consider it's matchups. Um, he says Dan doesn't take, doesn't have a good head movement, takes a lot of damage, and can't take a lot of damage. I, I, I agree with the head movement. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he keeps his head in a straight line and just gets punched in a lot. Uh, can't take a lot of damage. I mean, what, the loss to Barboza. Other than that, he's pretty durable. But, yeah, his body is kind of weak, right, in that fight. And Paul Feller is mostly targeting his head. Like, I think if Poirier goes to the body, which he has to other opponents in the past, that'd be smart, in my opinion. Dustin's proven number one contender, 155, with heavy hands. Only a great, great, great ground game plan can stop him like Khabib. Yeah, he's very good. There's no doubt about it. I agree with you. He probably should be favored in this fight. But I, I don't think Dan Hooker is like a fish out of water. I think he has a chance, too. Uh, Joseph Benavides, he spoke up about the Davis and Figueredo fight. So now that there's a rematch booked, Joseph Benavides says that the headbutt was a big part of why he was hurt so bad. He says after he got headbutted, he was just rocked and he basically had lost his equilibrium. And there's definitely some merit to that. And no doubt about it. He definitely was headbutted. But uh, I don't know. I just don't see the fight playing out differently than it did the first time. Like, I just can't see anything changing unless it, uh Joseph just shoots for takedowns the whole time, doesn't stand in trade. Because if he stands in trades, this guy, Figueredo, is way more dangerous on the feet, way more power, 
And as we saw, just a very well-rounded fighter. Even on the ground, he's pretty dangerous. So, you know, Benavides has a chance to win the rematch, but I don't think many people are going to pick him. I, I don't think I can. All right, a couple other fight announcements here for a couple of cars coming up in the spring. we got Gavin Tucker against Billy Quarantillo for UFC Lincoln. Obviously not, you know, two household names by any means. Gavin Tucker, he is coming off a win over Sungu Choi. Overall, 2-1 in the UFC. Bounced back nicely after that absolute beatdown against Rick Glenn at UFC 215. I don't know if many of you guys remember that fight, but that was like one of the worst beatdowns in UFC history. I'm looking at the scorecards right now. 30-25, 30-24, and somehow one judge had a 29-27, which is crazy. But it was like three 10-8 rounds. It was absolutely brutal. And I remember my friend Aaron Bronsteader was there backstage, and he said that Tucker's like girlfriend or wife or whatever was like absolutely like in tears because he was in such bad shape. They had to rush to the hospital after that fight. So good for him, man. He bounced back nicely in his last fight. But beatings like that really stick with you. And Gavin Tucker now at 33 years old, He's not really a prospect anymore. He's in his mid-30s now. Takes on Billy Quarantillo here. And Billy is coming off a win over Jacob Kilburn in his UFC debut, which was a nice win by submission. He's a contender series guy. Six straight wins. Yeah, I think you kind of got a favor of Billy Quarantillo here. This guy has definitely improved the last few years since his run on tough. And just based on the fact that Tucker took all that damage in that fight. I know he won his last fight, but still, that worries me going forward. I do favor Billy Quarantillo a little bit. Um, let's see here. Next fight, Cole Williams versus Phil Rowe at UFC Portland. Pretty good fight as well. Cole Williams, pulling up here. Not Cole Shelton. Cole Shelton is my co-host. Cole Williams. Don't know too much about this guy. He did have one fight in the UFC against Claudio Silva. got submitted. Claudio Silva was a very dangerous fighter. I like to see him fight a little bit more often. But overall, 11-2 record. And before the Silva loss, had won eight straight fights. But the level of competition was really low. Bunch of guys in the regional scene. Uh, don't see too much promise with this guy. And then Phil Rowe, 7-2. He's coming off a nice win over Leon Shabazian, the brother of Edmund Shabazian on the Contender Series. He's won six straight fights. You got to go with Phil Rowe here. It's just weird because his last fight was just canceled against Loriano Steropoli, and then he's getting this fight here. Don't know what's up with that. It's like two weeks later. So I don't know if it was a commission issue specifically with the Ohio Athletic Commission, but uh, that's really weird. Last fight announcement here. This is a good fight. UFC Portland. Davey Ramos against Armin Tersakian. Great fight. Davey Ramos, really good fighter. UFC record, four and two. Coming off a loss to Makachev before that, won four straight fights. Guy's really good in the ground. We all know that. Just very dangerous guy. And Armin Sarsukin, he is coming off a win over Olivia Albert Mercier. And Olivia Albert Mercier, I should mention, just signed with PFL yesterday. So he's the newest member of the PFL roster, which I think is a good sign for PFL. I don't think he was going to do well in the UFC, honestly. Like, uh, I know he had a, I think he had a winning record at OAM in the UFC, but mostly, you know, he's beating guys that aren't even on the roster anymore and struggling against guys that are, uh, you know, anything decent. Like, he had just lost three straight fights. Overall, though, I mean, he had a winning record in the UFC. But still, I think PFL, that's a good spot for him. And he could be competitive in that tournament. Anyways, getting back to Tarsukian, 1-1 in the UFC, lost to Makachev as well and beat OAM. So two guys that lost to Makachev, it's a good matchup. I don't know. I mean, it's a tough one to call because I think this guy, Tarsukian, is really good. Very dangerous. He's got some nice wins, good experience. But Ramos is so good in the ground. It's a tough fight to call, guys, honestly. This one can go either way. But uh, 
honestly, I'm leaning a little bit towards Tarsuki. He's only 23, and he's got a lot of experience now. He's very dangerous, but definitely a, an interesting fight. Great matchmaking there for the UFC. A uh, couple comments here. Concerned Rodoju. It's good. You know, all I can say is Tolju told, told don't reward weight cheaters. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like how he missed weight, but they're giving me a rematch, so whatever. Davison is lucky. He gets a chance to fight for again, again for a belt this year. Well, let's both be honest about it. It's only because it's 125, right? Any other division, or one, women's 145 would be in the same category, but any other division, you got a new challenger. Adam, I believe UFC 240 is a lot of easy pick. There's a lot of money to be won this weekend. That's interesting. Um, I, I think there's a lot of like fights that I definitely feel like uh, guys should win or girls should win, but you know, just looking at the odds, I don't see too many actual pickums. There's a couple, I guess, but not really. Um, there's a lot of dogs that could definitely win. So I, I think there's going to be quite a few dogs. And I didn't pick a lot of dogs. I'm going to pick two or three, but I, I'm pretty sure there's going to be at least that many winning. So we'll see what happens. But I can't wait for this card, guys. It's going to be awesome. Anyways, that's going to be it for this show. You guys can follow me on Twitter at MMAdamMartin. And I'm available at MAOsbreaker.com, BJPen.com, MARings.net. I'll be back tomorrow for the last edition of the week, the Friday edition of the podcast. Guys, have a great day. and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.